0: A couple months ago, or maybe a month ago or so, I had a mission. I had a purpose, and my mission was to go to Home Depot okay, and get uh, a trim board, check on prices of wood pellets, and get some wood patty. So, I envisioned my day a certain way. You know, drive in there, and so I got there and um, you know checked the the price of wood pellets. And uh, then as I was walking by, there was that the end, the clearance aisle thing where you can get <laughs> bargains. And so I spent about 20 minutes looking at stuff, you know, hey, this is, is this a good price or whatever? I didn't actually end up buying anything from that. Um, and then I went and got the trim board. Now for those of you who are listening carefully, that was it. Yeah, I forgot the wood putty, right? <laughs> So many times in life, we have a mission, we have a purpose that we set out to do, but then something distracts us. We forget our purpose, the mission that we were on, and uh, so we don't accomplish that mission. Well, God, likewise, God has a mission. He has a purpose for each individual. He has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for our church. He has a mission for our church, and so many times, we lose track of that. Uh, we lose track of the finish line that we're supposed to be running towards, or we don't have a, a vision of how am I actually going to get to that mission. And that is so important uh, for us to remember. And it's, it's, Something that our scripture reading today, the Apostle Paul, he talks about. He he talks about his mission, his vision, and that he's telling the church in Corinth uh, that that they're losing track of the things God has called them to. And he uses himself as an example of of striving to do all of those things that God has called him to do. Uh, so that's the scripture. It's one Corinthians chapter nine. You can look at there, at that as Chris comes and uh, reads that scripture for us. One <laughs> Corinthians nine nineteen through
1: twenty seven. Though I am free, belong to no one. I made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I came, became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one ha- not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all people. All possible means, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel and share it, its blessings, Do you not know that in a race where all runners run, only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, do not run like someone running aimlessly. Do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I preach to others, I will not be disqualified for the prize.
0: Amen. Thank you, Chris. So Paul here, he shares his mission, okay? He shares his mission to, to share the gospel, to win people to Christ. And you know, communicating that message. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of what Christ has done for us, that Christ, and he, uh, Apostle Paul will talk about this in 1 Corinthians 15. He talks about the gospel being that Christ died for our sins and he rose from the dead. Um, and that many people saw him. And then later he goes on, and those who believe in him will re- receive eternal life, will also likewise be resurrected. And that's, that's his message. The message is of something that's already happened, that God has done. Beyond all human, uh, you know, ability or capacity, God has already done it. So he can't change the message. It's a message of news, of something that's already happened. But what he's saying is that because his mission is to share that life-changing message, that... He's going to do whatever he can to reach that goal, to reach that prize. Of building up others through the gospel. And he specifically, he talks about the ways he's going to do this. He says, so that when I'm sharing this message with his with his Jewish brethren, because Paul is Jewish, he's going to do it in a way that takes away any barriers that would come in between it. So he's probably, that means he's going to talk about how Jesus was the Messiah and he fulfilled all the Old Testament prophets. And so he's probably going to quote Old Testament scripture a lot as he shares the message and shows what it means for them. But to the Gentile believer, those who are Gentiles and not yet believers, they don't understand the Jewish scripture. So perhaps he's going to talk more about philosophy or whatever, but his, his goal is, his goal is to share that life-changing message of God to grow followers of Christ. And he's not going to change that message, but in order to reach that goal, he has a vision of how he's going to reach that goal and he's going to adjust and make changes as necessary to achieve that purpose. I think this is an important reminder to it was an important reminder to the church in Corinth, who were fighting, and they all had different divisions, and the reason they had that is because they had mixed purposes. They, they, they didn't have that clear purpose like Paul did, and your purpose and your mission affects your practice. And so they all had these weird practices too, and Paul is setting them straight in Corinth, but he also does that by lifting up the main things, lifting up the mission. And it's a reminder to us how important it is for us to clarify and remind ourselves of the purposes God has called us to, both as an individual Christian, but also as a church, so that we're not running aimlessly. That if you're going to, if you have a race, there's a certain finish line. And you know where that finish line is so that you can run towards it. You don't just run around willy-nilly, right? There's, there's the finish line. How am I going to get to that finish line? Uh, or Paul uses the other example of boxing the air. Like when, when, when you're boxing, you actually have a person that you're fighting, right? Right? And so a part of our mission, as it was with Paul's, is to, you know, grow Christ followers. Our, our mission here at Second Baptist Church, we say it is to worship God, to love people, and grow Christ followers. That's, we, we get that from the scriptures. That As the Apostle Paul sought to grow Christ followers, so do we. And so we clarify that mission. We remind ourselves of that. And it's not just as a church. This is something that God calls every Christian to. So that's the first step that I think we get from this scripture is, oh, we need to remind ourselves of our purpose. And that if you haven't asked that yet this year in 2024, now's a good time to say, God, what are you calling me to? What are the purposes? Because God has a purpose and we can search the scriptures because a mission from God is something God has shared. It's not just like, oh, I'd like to do this or that. It's God, what are you calling me to do? And as we search the scriptures, that's how we discover our mission. And we see God's calling us to worship him, to love people, and to grow Christ followers. So that's the first thing is we clarify the mission. We remind ourselves of it constantly. Otherwise, we'll be like me at Home Depot going there, forgetting what I was there for. And then we don't actually achieve what God has called us to do. The second thing that I think this scripture tells us to do is, yes, we clarify the mission, but then we also adjust our practices for that mission. And he uses a couple of interesting examples. He he uses like a a runner running a race, but then he also uses a boxer, right? And so uh, Nathan, he's always my guinea pig. He's always up for everything. All right. So... All right, let's let's pretend when we have to pretend because I'm not a fighter, I'm a lover. But um, you know that, that that I'm boxing, right? And so you know, so we're training. He's my trainer. Okay, so this is my my target. All right, I'm really going now. I'm really I'm really going. So that's what many of us do, right? We we a boxer is supposed to hit something, right? <laughs> And if you're boxing someone and your opponent moves, right, you don't just start boxing the air. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but that's what many of us do, right? The, the opponent moves, or, or whatever, the target is not just to flail your arms, right? That's not the, the goal of a boxing match. The goal of a boxing match is to hit your opponent. And so, so many a times, you know, we, we've got this target, the target moves, but we just keep doing the same thing. We box the air. That's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, when, when I have a mission, I'm not flailing as one boxing the air. It's like, I do everything to, for the purpose that God has called me to. So a part of our, so our, if our mission is to worship God, love people, grow Christ followers, when we, we not only remind ourselves of that, then as the Apostle Paul says, we actually look at our practices. And if we're not hitting the target, then we adjust. Otherwise, we're not going to hit anything. But so many times, that's what we do in our lives. That's what we do it as a church. We often do it because it's like, well, I've been, I've been doing this for a while, and I'm so used to it. It just comes naturally. Well, yeah, but... You know, adjust your opponent has moved. We need to do that as well, and it's so important because, uh, especially when it comes to uh, growing Christ followers, right? That's that's a um, a part of our mission. It's a part of mission of every Christian to that we would grow as Christ followers, but that we would help others grow as Christ followers, especially uh, uh, proclaiming that that message, that good news, like the Apostle Paul did to both Jews and non-Jews, but we have to adjust because um, I was looking at a, we were listening to NPR or something like that, don't judge me, um, and uh, they said that the, the largest, right now in America, the largest religious group is the nuns. And I don't mean Catholic nuns, I mean those who, who, who adhere to no religious affiliation. of the American population are nuns. In other words, some of them are atheists, some of them are agnostics, and others just don't really care about religion. 28% — that's larger than Catholics, who I think now are 24%, Protestants, who are like 23 or something. And so that is so important to understand because if we're trying to grow Christ followers and we have this mindset from, you know, 1950, 1980 of like, well, everyone's a Christian. And so if build it and they will come so that if we have a nice building, have a decent preacher, have decent music, oh, people will just come. Well, that's not the case anymore because a lot of people don't even think about church. They're, they're, they're nuns. They don't, it's not even something that doesn't even come into to their minds. And so if a part of our goal is to grow Christ followers, and we see that in our culture, that people aren't just streaming in, that there's a whole mess of people who haven't even heard about the real Jesus, then instead of build it, they will come, we have to change and say, all right, what do we need to build? Well, we need to build relationships. We need to build relationships with people wherever they are and not expect them just to show up because they aren't. And so that's why it's so important to understand the mission but then understand how do we get there and what do we do. I want to introduce you to another word called vision. So, mission is our goal. It's where we're heading. All right. So, think about it like GPS or something. If, if uh, G- it's the address that we put into our GPS, right? That's the destination. So, our mission, where we t- want to, to arrive, is to worship God, to love people, and grow Christ followers. But then think of vision as the actual route we envision taking there. Okay. There's many different routes to take. So going back to the Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul had a vision as he was growing Christ followers that he would go into new cities like Corinth and he would start in the synagogues preaching about how Jesus was the promised Messiah. And then he would go into the marketplaces and preach. And, and then after he gathered uh, a, a few people who became Christians, who started being, becoming Christ followers, he would then leave that place And go to another place and do the same thing. And then the people who were left in Corinth, for instance, their mission was still to grow as Christ followers and grow other people to be Christ followers. But their, their vision for accomplishing that was a little bit different. Paul was a stranger to this community. He would come and he would preach and then he would leave. But the people who were left, they're not strangers to their community. They're part of the community. And so they they envisioned, yes, maybe I'll still share in the marketplaces, but we're also going to gather from house to house. And we're going to um, show hospitality to our friends, to our family, because those are the connections we have. And so although the mission was the same, the vision of accomplishing that looked a little bit different between when Paul first got there and when he had established a church. So again, we clarify the mission, but then we also adjust our practices. That's what we env- how we envision getting to that destination. And again, where do we get that? Where do we get the mission? Where do we get our purposes? We don't come up with them in our minds. God gives them to us. If we are Christ followers, if we, have, if we believe in Jesus, if God is our Lord, then we go to him and he gives us our purpose. As a church, Jesus is the head of the church. And so we go to him and say, Jesus, what is our purposes? And when we search the scriptures, what do we find? Well, I've already talked about growing Christ followers. That's in 1 Corinthians 9, but it's all over the place. But I'm just going to pick one. So I picked that one. But when we look in the scriptures, what else do we see? We see so many scriptures that are talking about us to worship God. That's why we're created. So many scriptures to love other people. And so let let me just share one of them. This is Matthew 22, verses 35 through 40, because it contains the other parts of our mission and purpose. Matthew 22 verse 35 through 40. It says, a lawyer came up to Jesus and asked him a question, testing him, and then he said, "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?" And Jesus said to him, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and prophets." Now I share the scripture a lot, and the reason I do is because is, what does Jesus say? He says, yeah, if you want to look through all the scriptures to find out what God, what his purposes are for you, it can be summed up in loving God with everything. So that's what worship is. Worship isn't just, it's not a ritual. It's loving something as utmost. It's showing it's the, the, of, of utmost worth. Loving something with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So worshiping God and then loving people. And so when we look at the scriptures, we see God's purposes for us as individuals, but also for us as a church to, to worship God, to love people, and to grow Christ followers. And so that is what God has called us to do, Second Baptist Church. It's God. If you are a Christian, that's what God has called you to do. That's what life is about. And again, so that's our mission. That's where we're headed. And the vision is how do we get there? Again, let me give you another example. Let's say that we want to go to the Takumbis down the road, right? We want to get some cheap coffee and maybe a, uh, a corn muffin that was made two weeks ago. You know, sometimes we, <laughs> we, we have that desire. All right. So that's, that's the mission, right? That is the, 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 the purpose, right? To get there. But the vision is how we get there. So some of you might be like, oh, yeah, I want to get there. And you know what? I want to walk. It's not that far. It's about, what, a mile down the road, so I'm going to walk. Some of you are like, I'm not walking there. That's too far, right? And so you might envision getting there by taking your car. Another person might envision getting there by a bicycle. Right. So each one of us, we, we have a very similar mission as Christians and as a church. That's why you'll notice most church mission statements are very similar. Right. They, they contain some kind of that same thing because our mission is from God. But also, but the vision is different because not just in individuals, but in churches, because we're different. Right, we a church is people, and so the, God has given us certain resources. He has put in us. He's put us here, and we have a certain vision of how are we going to. Uh, do these things? How are we going to worship God, love people, and grow Christ followers where God has put us, with the people God has given us? Also, as an individual, God has made you in a certain way. He's given you certain abilities, certain gifts, certain personalities, so that how you worship him and, and grow Christ followers and love others, it might look different doing the same mission. So a part of it is understanding that Yes, we have this mission, but we have different visions of getting there. How we carry that out. And so there's two main influences on a vision, right, in a church. Uh, one is leadership, so one is pastors, right? As a pastor, one of the things I'm supposed to do is, is be a shepherd, that's what the word means, is to sort of guide the church in going to a certain place, right? And so the certain place we're going to is to worship God, love people, and grow Christ followers. And in a, a, a good shepherd, so the kind of shepherd I strive to be, is you look at who your sheep are, you look at where you're at, and then you're able to say, all right, I think the best way to get this, to this destination is through this, that and the other big influence again is the people the church is the people is that as the as the people understand and step out in their their God given gifts and talents and all of that and their you know their strengths their weaknesses all of that that affects you know wait how are we going to get to where we're going so again going to Cumberland Farms if as a shepherd I'm like all right you know what we're going to all ride bicycles to Cumberland Farms. Some of you might maybe say I don't have a bicycle and I don't want to get on one, right? So, a couple of things we could do. If I'm really convinced that all right, no, God wants us to ride there on bicycles, then I better be in prayer and asking God to provide the bicycles so that and and and, and if I'm really convinced that that's what he wants us to do, then I will keep praying until the bicycles are there. The people have learned to ride the bicycles so we can all get on bicycles and go. Or as I look over the, the folks in, in prayer and God might say, you know what? Don't, yes, you need to get there, but don't take a bicycle. You know, why don't you, why don't you drive, right? Look, you've got cars. You've already got so many people with cars. Let's get into the cars and go. So you see how, Sal, how vision is, is um, come upon by, again, people and, and leadership figuring that out. So we don't, I don't have time to go through the a full vision statement. The, the goal for me is to have us understand our mission and make it memorable Right, so that hopefully you can remember, okay, worship, love, grow. I can remember that, worship God, love people, grow, Christ follows. That's easy enough for me to remember, because if you can't remember it, then you're going to forget it. So that's my goal, but there's also a larger vision, and that's on our website. I'm not going to go through it all, but just to give you a a, a couple things and show you how this vision leads to the, uh, the mission we've been called to. Again, and the reason I'm doing this today, taking a break from the the emotional um, series, is that it's our annual meeting, and um, I think it's a good time to reflect on where we've been, where we're going, and how we do that is through mission and vision. But put up that first part of our vision. It's We envision being a church who values Christ and his mission as a first importance so that all our programs and practices advance his will and kingdom. That really goes towards that worship God thing, <laughs> right? Because we envision not just being a church that says, oh yeah, we're supposed to love God and you know He has a mission for us, but our real mission is just to sort of you know, as we go along, it's just really to keep people happy, it's really not to, you know, to do this or that. It's it's no, we actually envision looking at all of our programs, all of our practices, and saying, because God is utmost, because he is our leader, because he and his will are far above all things, we're actually going to look at everything we do and say, is it helping us to do what God has called us to do? See, because worship is not just gathering for an hour on Sunday morning. Worship is a whole life thing. And so we actually pay attention to that. So we, a part of our vision, part of the the place I'm trying to steer us to is that, yeah, we don't just go on autopilot. We don't just do things to keep people happy. We don't just do things because that's how we always have done them. We do things based on what God has called us to do, the mission he's given us. And we actually do that. So that's part of the vision. Second part. In our gatherings... We envision people experiencing God's presence, taking a step closer to Christ, and being sent out empowered by the Spirit so that our faith extends beyond our facilities. Again, this has to do with worshiping God. That sometimes, again, we call what we're doing now a worship service. But it's not true worship where God is held up as of utmost importance, of utmost worth, Unless we encounter him and take a step towards him because he is why we're here. So if we gather, you know, hear some songs, hear a lecture and leave without encountering God, then we haven't achieved the mission. The mission is to encounter God because he changes us and so the question is not hey did did you show up on sunday did you gather it's rather no when we gathered did we take a step towards jesus did we grow as christ followers and then did we help someone else grow because that is the vision is and how we achieve the mission. It's not just by gathering for a worship service. It's gathering and actually worshiping him, encountering him, changing our lives, and then taking that with us so that wherever we go, we have been changed by God. He has transformed us and we bring that to the places so that we're growing Christ followers, not just for an hour on Sunday mornings. We're growing as Christ followers every hour of every day, every interaction, out in the world. We are growing Christ followers because we've encountered God and he's changed us deeply. So that's what we envision. The other thing, the other part of that vision, it says, but again, it supports our our mission. The other part says, we envision believers of diverse backgrounds, generations, and ethnicities serving God and one another through their varied experience, gifts, and styles. So this goes towards growing Christ followers. One of the things that we envision, and, and, and if you've been here for more than a, a few years, you know, since I got here, you, you've, you've seen some of the differences. But our goal is not just, to, all right, we want you to gather, okay, and observe something you like and leave. No, we understand that to grow as Christ followers, you want to know how you really grow as a Christ follower? Is you participate. Yeah. Is is you participate. You, you start to not just be an observation, but participation. And that includes serving others in our gatherings, but also outside Sundays. So because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And so we understand that if you really want to grow, yes, first you hear the gospel, you believe in it. But then as to grow as a Christ follower, you have to step out and serve in some way, participate. So that it's not about, all right, we've got this service for people who like this music and this service. No, we want you to participate. So that one of our goals, and if you've noticed this, and, and Chrissy's doing a great job at this, is to recruit and release. So it's not like, all right, we want you to participate and help us in the music, but you gotta do this style and it's gotta be like this because we're trying to keep people happy. No, it's, we're trying to release people. We're trying to get people with a passion and their skills and something that they just want to do. And we say, all right, let's see how you can help all of us come into the throne room of God and encounter him. And so we don't want to put you in a box. We don't want to say this is, you have to be like this and this style and this style. It's more like we want to release all that God has done in your life. We want to release your experiences, your background, even if they're different than everything we've ever done before. It's no, we want to get people to participate and step out in what God has done in their lives. Because that's something that, Again, that's contagious. It's not come and observe, and and um, again, just be an observer. But it's participate, and so there'll be some things that really resonate with you on a Sunday morning, like, oh yeah," and you get all crazy. And then there'd be other things like, ah, "I don't know, I don't know about that. That's not my style." But just and then, you know, just wait, and it'll come up again. Because the goal, again, it's not for you just to be observed and to be pleased, but it's for you to encounter God. It's for me to encounter God. That's also why, by the way, some of my pastor friends are like, well, what? why do you do that? You know, we have an open prayer time sometimes, right? We just did today, where people can just pray is a lot of power. If you have a church over 30, you don't do that <laughs> because you never know what someone's going to say, right? Sometimes people pray things are like, eh, oh, or, or just whatever. But the, the, why do we do that? Because the vision is participation. Is we want to get people to encounter God. And we know some people aren't singers. We know some people, you know, maybe it's not the message, but when they pray to God, or would they hear someone else pray something that was on their heart, they encounter the living God because they're participating. We are participating in prayer. We're not just observing it. We're not just listening to it. So even though, yeah, I, an open prayer time, why do we do it? Because it's worth it. It's, it's a part of the vision to get to the mission of growing as Christ followers. So it doesn't matter that that's, you know, most churches don't do that anymore. It's a part of how we are getting to that place of growing as Christ followers and truly worshiping God. Because we have this vision of participating, not just observing. All right, well, I... I mean, I know you're looking at the snow and you're like, oh, man. See, but I'm, I'm, I'm packing stuff in here so that when we have our annual meeting, I'd be like, oh, I already said my thing, so we can just leave. But again... If you want to read the full vision statement, it's on it's on our website, and I've talked about other parts of the vision uh, before. They're all important, but they all are ways that we get to that place. And the reason I keep looking over there is, um, you know, not because uh, you know there's folks over here that I'm like, hey, you you really understand the vision. But look over on the, the 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 wall hangings. It's worship God, love people, grow Christ followers. We we have that there because that's our mission. And as we look at 2023, we look back. It's important to say, all right, did we, did, did we make progress towards our mission? Did we make progress towards those purposes that God has put before us? We do that as a church, but I also encourage you to do that as an individual. Because with this new year, we can then say, all right, in some ways, we did really well at worshiping God, loving people, and growing Christ followers. But then there's other ways that, whether it's a situation or whatever, things moved. And, oh, we kind of were boxing the air there. We weren't hitting much. So, in 2024, we're going to make some adjustments. So, do that. I encourage you as an individual Christian that you would do that as you consider that what is God's purpose for you? Why does he have you here? First of all, clarify it. Go to the Word and figure out what God's purposes are for you. Um, and I've just shared some. But as a church, we do that as well. And as a part of my job as, as, the, as a, the lead pastor is to kind of say, all right, who do we have? Who has God brought us? And now... What does that mean for us to reach that mission? Because God's calling all of us to be a part, all of us to be a part of what he is doing in our world. Will we reach for that purpose uh, even more in 2024 than we have in 2023? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the mission that you have set before us as a church, but also as individuals And Lord, I I lift up particularly those folks who are either watching online or here in person who have lost track of their purpose. You know each one. Lord, they're doing a lot of things, but not the things that you have put before them. I pray that each one you would give a revelation of who you are and the purposes you have for them. And I pray the same as a church, Lord, you would unify us in what you've called us to do. And we thank you. We thank you for all that you've done in the past year through our church, Lord, and as individuals. But we pray for even more. We pray that we would be about worshiping you in spirit and truth. We would be about, Lord, loving people well and growing as Christ followers and growing others. Lord, show us as we sing this last song, give us a vision, Lord, in our minds where we can picture how we're actually going to achieve this purpose. For each person, for our church, give us that clarity so that we can be about your business, Lord, a wonderful, wonderful calling. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.